0: Good morning and welcome to Daily Confetti with Carter and Carrie on Unsafe Space. Today is Monday, September 9th, and we are happy you are joining us. If you like the video, please hit share and subscribe and like. And if you haven't already started reading it, you should start reading Brave New World. No, Brave New World was last month. You should start reading 1984. Uh, We're gonna be discussing it on Sunday, September 15th in a video book club if you wanna be a part of it.
1: Which is this Sunday, I think.
0: It's coming Sunday, yeah.
1: So get on that reading, everyone. He says hypocritically. Yes. Good morning, Carrie. How are you doing?
0: <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm all right.
1: I'm all right. We got uh, a we got a kitten this weekend.
0: Oh my gosh. What got yeah. kind of a kitten.
1: It's a little Russian blue kitten. It's pretty cute.
0: Oh my gosh, what's ah. its name?
1: Uh Bastet. Bastet. It's which is Bast for short because uh, Bastet is the, apparently the Egyptian goddess of cats. So yeah. this I is, it know. wasn't my name. It wasn't, it wasn't my choice. It was, uh, it's my daughter's choice, but now I am a pet owner and you know, I got to say, I'm not a fan of pets in the house. Cute cat. Just,
0: this is going to uh, change. You guys mark this date, September 9th. Flash forward three months, Carter's going to have the cat up on the camera, like loving on it.
1: Yeah, it pooped (laughs) under the couch, so (laughs) its cuteness went down. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, we are not here to talk about cats today. Carrie, um, you shared something with me about Melissa Wilson, a 10th grade English teacher at Heritage High School in North Carolina, which is part of the Wake County Public School System. Do you want to tell people what you found? What's
0: yeah. So, why don't we share? Should I share this article? So, uh, this is a yeah teacher in North Carolina. She I love that they look at this picture. They were like, "What what image can we get to represent this teacher? <laughs> what did she probably look like?" <laughs> yeah, her
1: hair is too naturally colored, but other than that, it's pretty good.
0: Yeah. Um, so she basically had our students do uh, you know the way we used to do family trees. I, I think of this kind of like a family tree, except instead of being about the names of all your family members, she wanted you to list all a diversity inventory, all of the boxes they check off. Like we talk about in the SGW ideology, all these identity groups that they hold to be so important. Mm-hmm. Um so they were supposed to come come back with homework where they identified the sexuality, gender, religion, ability, and socioeconomic class of their teachers, their parents, their doctors, their fellow students.
1: Their neighbors, people who live in their home, close friends. And by ability, they don't mean she's really good at math. They mean like missing an arm or whatever. Is
0: this person differently abled or not? Yeah. Right. That's what they mean.
1: Yeah. So actually, I have a picture. Do you want to see a picture of the... Yeah. This is the diversity inventory. This is what you're sending your kids to school for. There it is. Uh, in my okay. environment, I am. My elementary school was predominantly. My teachers are mostly. Most of my close friends are. My doctor is. Other people who live in my home are. My neighbors are. And it's those things that Carrie just mentioned. Um, lovely. So, Well, Carrie, and they say that
0: some of the um, – this reminds me of – they've been doing this privilege thing for a while in, in elementary schools now where they have everyone stand on a line. And then they'll say like, take one step forward if you're white, you know, take one step backwards if, if you're not white. And then they'll say like, take a step forwards if, if you're a man, take a step forward if, uh, take a step backwards if you're differently abled, you know, take a step forwards if you're straight. And they do this whole thing, they're trying to, they're, and then they leave these kids, it's supposed to be a visual representation of how privileged you are. Right it's just a way to demonize children based on their race and sex and sexuality. Um, and so they did something similar where they had to stand up in the classroom and walk towards posters that correlated with their sexual identities. And it, and this article anyway, you said that some kids were traumatized and were brought to tears.
1: Well, I mean, I think your sexual identity ought to be a pretty freaking private thing unless you choose to share it with people. So being asked in school to stand up and, Walk to the corner that says "Buy Curious" might be a little bit difficult for s- some kids or whatever it is that they've got. Right? Um, where's, the,
0: where's the corner that says "Fu"?
1: Right. Yeah. None of your business. Where's that corner? Uh, but Carrie, just to clarify, um, I have proof that this that this, the exercise you described, where you step forward if you're white and backward if you got disability. That's been going on in California for at least 30 years because I know someone in their mid forties who did that in junior high school, uh, in California. So unbelievable. That's, that's of, been going wow. on for a while.
0: It's like you sent these unsuspecting parents or sending their kids to school thinking they're going to be learning things they need to know. You know, the basics, the foundation, like math, reading, writing, science, arithmetic, reading, writing, arithmetic, <laughs> Aren't you glad you didn't get sick? Do you know that song?
1: <laughs> I don't know that one.
0: School days. I don't know. Maybe it's not a song. Maybe my dad made it up. But anyway. Um,
1: <laughs> it's those, a song now. Thanks, dad. Song now. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, you think they're there to learn, and they're being what, indoctrinated into this ideology, and at such a young age, and and at such a personal um, cost to some of these kids who, you know, don't want to visually tell everyone what groups they're in. Yeah. So I
1: I looked up um, – there's actually a good article on this from this organization that I, I'd never heard of, but probably because I'm not in North Carolina. It's called uh, NC Values. It looks like a Christian conservative organization. I'm not sure. Um, but they did a pretty good investigation – Into this, and one of their concerns at first was, well, first of all, is this just a one-off? Are we just freaking out about, oh, just this one teacher did this this one time? And it turns out that no, uh, she's done it before, and and according to a letter from the principal of, um, yeah, a principal at Heritage High School, which is this high school, this principal writes. this review indicates that the lesson has been used and is con- and is continued to be used at high schools throughout the district. So, this is a lesson. I don't know if they should be allowed to use the word lesson for this, but okay. This lesson, it's not one. It's not a one-time thing. This this group did this NC Values group did a little bit more digging, and not surprising. Obviously, this comes from the Wake County. It looks like it comes from the Wake County Public School System's Equity Affairs Office. And they are using social justice standards. Yes, there you go.
0: Yeah, I thought I'd pull this up because it's so Orwellian and we happen to be reading 1984. We discovered that the Wake County Public Schools System's Equity Affairs Office, okay, that just sounds awful, has been conducting Mm -hmm. training seminars on the quote social justice standards. That's equally horrible. Which is intended to educate and activate activate students to advance, yeah, a particular socialist, social democratic political ideology. So they they, they are training, and this isn't just happening in North Carolina. They're training teachers to indoctrinate kids. They're indoctrinating the teachers, and then they're indoctri- the teachers are indoctrinating the kids. And I I would really love to go into some of these schools with a you know a deprogramming kind of we're here to de de indoctrinate we're here to bring you out of the cult you know to deprogram you the people that you've spent all this money and time and resources brainwashing
1: yeah i mean i found this thing that you can go to tolerance.org this might be actually an episode of deprogram that we could do at some point but there's this social justice standards the teaching tolerance anti-bias framework there's this document and this is what they teach and uh it has has by grade level what the standards are here and you know make no don't think that this isn't happening in your school i don't think actually the teachers even need to be full on bought into social justice i think what happens is you know like a lot of uh like a lot of professions there's conferences that they go to and the people in charge of those conferences and setting up who gets to speak and what gets to be, uh, you know, the themes of the conference, they are often social justice warriors and social justice activists. And they teach this stuff and teachers come out of it going, oh, I guess I guess this is the thing I'm supposed to teach now. Okay, fine. Like they don't, you know, most teachers, you know, they, they weren't necessarily at the top of their class in <laughs> in college. They they go on to teach high school they're not they're not up on you know they're not they're not spending their their downtime reading the latest in pedagogy and like trying to figure out uh, if there's weird ideologies infiltrating the school system they're they're just they teach the curriculum they're told to teach and if they go to a conference and this is the trendy new thing and all the other teachers are like oh have you heard about the social justice standards here's my sheet that i use for this thing like okay they, they take it back to their class and they teach it. And they're a little bit indoctrinated, like, but they're not like advocates necessarily, like consciously.
0: This is like, this is what we've talked about before, where it sells itself so well to just casual observers who, because I know even just saying, as we're reading these titles, social justice standards, how awful that is, that there could be, I, I'm just imagining the type of viewer who would go, well, what's wrong with social justice? It's like, great, right, it sounds uh, fine. Like, yeah, it sounds great, does, but that just asking that question tells me you haven't done very much research into what this belief system is. You're just taking it on face value. Right. And, and even the
1: even the thing, it says it's even the organization, teaching tolerance. That sounds good. Yeah. Like, teaching tolerance sounds fine. It shows a bunch of hands holding hands. Like, okay, that sounds it reminds me of the Benetton ads in the 80s. It doesn't sound particularly offensive. <laughs> like, okay. Um, maybe that was a reference that but, you didn't get. Carrie, no,
0: sorry. I know there have been a ton of ads, but that's <laughs> not that's not what it it is. It's just it's so. No, it's not. And and as you start to learn more about this belief system, that's why you can look at you can look at titles like this, the Office of Equity and the Social Justice Standards, and and it immediately telegraphs what what they are doing to your children, and what they're teaching your children, and it's harmful. It's not. It's racist. It's sexist. Right. It's all the things that it claims to be fighting, and it makes me. This is one of the, you know, we talk about my old ideology a lot. The two areas that I find most alarming right now where my ideology has been creeping into everything, of course, mm-hmm. I say my meaning, I, did, I didn't come up with it. I can't take the credit. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I believe in this for 20 years. You would need to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, so this whole, the stuff I used to believe in, it's everywhere now. But the two areas that alarm me the most are the church and the schools. And the schools in particular, it makes me really angry. It makes me really angry that this is being foisted upon kindergartners because uh, it was foisted upon me in college. I was older and I still, it did it did a doozy on me for 20 years. Can you Well, this imagine?
1: is 10th grade, just to be clear. I yeah, think.
0: but no, but no, but this is happening in elementary schools. We've talked about it before. This, yeah. this article, this is the specific teacher. Yes, about 10th grade, this ideology infiltrating, it's happening in kindergarten.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. And, um, therefore you can see there are four pillars of social justice. Uh, what do they call it? Social justice standards, identity, diversity, justice, and action. Now, each one of those words independently, you could think, uh, is benign in some way, but taken together, that's, that's, that's an ad, that is an an activist platform. That is, teach them about intersectional identity. Yeah. Teach them, um, I, I guess diversity is just another way of saying teach them an intersectional identity, or maybe how to place other people into those categories. Yeah. Three, how to treat them differently based on the categories. That's what justice is. And four, action is mainly just about proselytizing this ideology. This is literally just indoctrination. So but you'll see teachers all over the place. There's a tweet that this one article pulled up. Have you signed up for our, our social justice standards training on September 7th? This is from the Wake County Public School System Equity Affairs Office. Go to Wake Learns and save your spot now. And they've got a little graphic identity, justice, diversity, action. That's, that's the thing. That's the thing they're teaching now.
0: And Carrie, you know just, the real, the true four pillars—the no, the true four pillars of social justice ideology would be racism, sexism, censorship, and violence.
1: Use let me of think force. About that. That's a pretty good four pillar description. I'm just trying to—I don't know if I could do better than that. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> racism, sexism, censorship, censorship, and, and, and violence, violence
0: or use of force.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of want authoritarianism to be there, but that's just the overall description. So maybe these are the four pillars of their version of authoritarianism. Um, so I was I was thinking about this. So first of all, put your have some empathy for these kids. Put yourself in in the mindset or, or imagine being in this classroom as a as a tenth grader. You know, you remember how tenth tenth grade is often people feel pretty. Uh, unsure of themselves and awkward and and there's you know a lot of self-discovery going on. There's also a lot of bullying and they just it's a it's not necessarily the best time in everyone's life when they're tenth grade. And you've got to in front of the class say what your gender, sexuality, talk about your religion, your socioeconomic status. You've got to rate other people in your life on that. Like like Carrie said, you gotta walk to one end of the classroom. I would expect kids to be Traumatized. And I, I thought, Carrie, about, I thought of three things that I think this does to children. Let me say children, 10th graders. One is I think this, having them do this is, is a, an encouragement to re, for them to replace legitimate self-esteem with group membership. So instead of saying like, when I was going to school in 10th grade, if it was, I'll try to get to know someone, Your doctor, your neighbor, or tell us about yourself in class. It would be, oh, I'm I'm really good at science, or I really like soccer, or I'm bad at chemistry, or I hate tacos. Whatever it is, (laughs) like, you had these unique things that were about you and that you as a kid identified with. And you have your aspirational goals as a kid. Like I, you know, a lot of kids, boys at least, often aspire to being a sports star of some kind. Um, Some of them, I was more of a nerd. I you know, want to be a scientist, fine. But we all had things that we wanted to do, viewed ourselves in a certain way, and derived really self-esteem from this cycle of accepting who we are, taking ownership of that, so having some self-responsibility for that, and then taking conscious action towards being the person that we wanted to be, and that we're kind of developing ourselves at that point. And to tell you that actually the way that I want you to think about and describe yourself is based on these checkboxes. You're, you're a cisgendered female, lesbian, 17 years old, 15, maybe in 10th grade. I don't know. 15 years old. uh, I don't know. What were the other things? Religion. You're Catholic and you uh, have no disabilities. You're allergic to strawberries, whatever it is right yeah that's not that's not how you view yourself that's not how you define yourself that's not what you think matters about yourself these are all things most of those things you can't choose right so these are things that like are mostly beyond your control that you don't think are really important about yourself that they're asking you to define yourself in that framework that's how you're going to be presented to everyone else i i think that's inimical to healthy self-esteem development that's my first point
0: yeah Uh, you know, I think that the, there's another part in that article where the students who expressed, um, dismay at having to do this or something where the teacher said, it's okay. I used to be Catholic and now I'm a bisexual atheist. Right. (laughs) Like I, my kids don't, if I had kids, they don't need to know the teacher's sexuality or any, like there's no religion. Or religion. There's no reason for you to be talking to these students about that.
1: Right. And I don't even know what that's supposed to mean.
0: I It's, think, it's I almost she... like
1: saying Catholic is bad in that sentence, right? It's okay. I, I used to be a, a wrong thinker, but now I'm this good thinker, right? This right thinker. It's kind of that. That's how it sounds to me. Yeah. It's okay. I used to be
0: Catholic. Like, it's so... okay. Yeah.
1: Um, as much as I don't necessarily like Catholicism and the Pope, but still, that's not the what the teacher should be doing. So that's the first thing he does. The second thing I was thinking is, okay, asking people to categorize other people in their lives that way, right? Um, That encourages you to not really think about people as individuals, but as fungible members of these groups. And I think it discourages actual, it undermines like an actual connection in actual friendships. And I immediately thought of the story that you tell in Facebook, that Facebook group of the woman who's like, I want more black female friends and I can't get more black female friends. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, cause you're thinking of them as black females. That's like, you're, you're walking around. They're not individuals. These are people in target groups for you. Yeah. And it makes, it makes every relationship shallow. It replaces human interaction. Instead of deep interactions between humans who are individuals who uh, can, can connect and have empathy with, with one another, It's replacing everyone with NPCs who are function like programmed to function on like, I am this category and this category overlapped. You are these categories. Yeah. Let's talk about our categories. Like that's not, that's not how humans relate.
0: Plus, it's hypocritical because they themselves say you shouldn't assume gender. So are (laughs) you assuming? Are you assuming your mailman's gender and putting it on the form? Are you assuming your your neighbor's gender?
1: That's true. I guess you're supposed to go ask them their gender.
0: Excuse me, how doctor. Do <laughs> yes. I can't stand that question. By the way, we did a, um, we did a funny video with this. We did a video with this guy, S- Mark SJW Hughes, which people should look up if they haven't seen it. But yes. uh, he, he asked us that typical, that, stand, that question they ask, and they're doing this more often in colleges and stuff now too. It's just automatic. They'll put it on your kid's name tag, right? Well, how, do how do you identify? You, how do you identify and what are your pronouns? Don't answer those questions. I identify as. There's no, (laughs) I didn't see, the camera didn't see that because there's. Uh,
1: I wanted to swear and I just flipped the camera off. Yeah. Because I realized at the last moment that I can't actually swear and we're trying to not swear.
0: Well, the thing is those questions don't have, the moment you answer them, there's no right answer for it. It's the answer is, the answer is I don't play that game. Right. Like that's a, like, that's it. Don't even say, cause cause then you're they're they're setting rules and you're playing by their rules. Even if you're saying, well, I identify as I am my own, you know, I'm a woman, therefore I identify as she. No, like
1: right. <laughs> yeah, stupid no, I,
0: I, what, what pronoun do I use for you? I don't know. I guess you're going to have to make some assumptions.
1: Yeah. You're going to have to <laughs> do that one out yourself. <laughs> like, Sorry to put all the emotional burden on you for. (laughs) thinking. Yeah, Yeah, it it is. uh, But I really do think it undermines it undermines deep relationships to, to be taught that this is how you view everyone, members of your family, neighbors, doctors, they fit into these categories. And this is how this is how we we talk about them and view them. And I can't think of anything more. Had this been done 60 years ago, it would have been overtly racist. Like, people would have recognized, that's racist.
0: Oh, totally. That is racist. Totally. And sexist and all these other things. Like, you're just... It's, yeah. And it's a waste of time and money and resources. These kids could be learning something important.
1: It's not a waste. It's it's a, it's not a waste to eat poison when you thought you were buying food. It's worse than a waste.
0: Right. It's, yeah.
1: Right. I, I just want to... It's worse than that, even. Carrie, the other thing I was thinking about was... um. Not only are you asking them to self-identify this way, not only are you asking them to categorize other people this way, but there's an extra thing here that's going on, which again, I've brought this up before, and I hate bringing up Hitler, but it reminds me of the Hitler Youth. It's asking them to tell in front of everyone. It's asking them to identify people. My doctor is blah, 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 blah. These are the things in front of everyone. Tell me, tell someone else how your doctor, how your neighbors, how your family members fit into our categories. And there's something uh dehumanizing about categorizing people like that. This is a it's a very dehumanizing thing to do. To say to not say Carrie is Carrie and I want to talk to Carrie, but to be like, well Carrie is a cisgendered white Christian female whose age we won't mention on camera. Like that's not relevant. Like that's not who Carrie is. Those are categories that Carrie is. And if we if we just say oh, Carrie's just these things, that's dehumanizing. And to have someone engage in dehumanizing others in their life in front of a witness, it's not just do it quietly in your head. It's say it, say it in front of us, say the words. They are a this, this, and this. It, I really think it's, um, it really, I don't know, there's something creepy about, not only does it, you know, obviously – it shows you have no right to privacy, no one has any rights to privacy, there's no secrets from the group, all that stuff. But um, there's something about that dehumanization that really, really bothers me because I, it's, it's like um, you get people to take small steps, right? It's a small step from, okay, think it. Okay, now say it. Okay, now put them in a different part of the room or categorize them. Okay, now treat them differently. Now yeah, do this treat differently. Them differently it's escalating your behavior. Yeah. It's dehumanizing people and teaching you to be comfortable with actively dehumanizing. Because once you've done something, you have a vested interest in defending it, right? It's once you've done it, and then someone comes along and says, that's dehumanizing, you immediately feel like, well, if that is dehumanizing, I've just dehumanized someone. So I need to, my, my personal defenses kick in. And I argue that it's not dehumanizing because you've, you've got me to sin. you got me to do the thing.
0: Right. Does that make sense? It does make sense. There's a book we should put on book club um, that Jordan Peterson recommends called "Ordinary Men," mm-hmm. and it's about a police uh, battalion who became some of the uh, who became Nazis and became some of the committed some of the worst atrocities you can imagine. But it was just it's called "Ordinary Men." It's just ordinary people, and it, and it's that's a it, very interesting question to me: is how do you get ordinary people to do horrible things? Well, you do it gradually. You right. do it gradually, and you start. And how does it start? You start with teaching people that if you're in this group you're different in this way and if you're in this group you can treat someone this way and that's what they're doing in these schools
1: absolutely absolutely um it really the whole thing really pisses me off and i know i've been on this rant lately against school but i mean i really you really need to stop and think about this like and do a real cost benefit analysis like the benefit of school is that someone else has to do all the thinking to figure out how to teach your kid the things that they need to know. That's a benefit. You might not know physics or chemistry or how to go about teaching math. So that's a benefit, but the cost is someone else gets to decide how and what to teach your children. (laughs) And like, if you don't trust those other people, which you shouldn't, teachers are not specifically public school teachers. They're not saints. We have this weird, like worship of teacher culture. Teachers are, they're like, I view a lot of public school teachers as the legacy media years ago. Carrie, they're just like, um, not a lot of them have honorable intentions anymore. They're pretty useless. Um, and I don't know, they, they go to these conferences, they, they get indoctrinated themselves in social justice, and they bring it home to your kids. It's not, you know, homeschooling isn't that hard. It's easier to find resources elsewhere or send them to another school. I mean, I guess you could try and fight at the public level, um, public school level. I don't know what it's like to fight, fight uh, public school boards. I imagine it's not fun.
0: I encourage people to go watch. There's, I was just looking for this clip because of what you are saying at the end there of Norm Macdonald, the comedian. He does this really funny bit about how teachers are not heroes. And there's a teacher in the audience who starts heckling him. <laughs> and he just beautifully puts her in her place. It's hilarious um but ever it's i think if you look up norm macdonald and teacher heckling you'll find it anyway
1: if maybe i'll try and find it and put the link below
0: yeah it's funny but yeah
1: teachers aren't heroes stop thinking of them as heroes think about them as someone who has control over your kid for however many hours a day you have them in school and maybe don't trust them so much because they're not even if they're not ill intent even if they're not like malintended they don't try like they're not wishing to do you harm they're not vigilant about bad ideas. They're just sheep like everyone else. And they go to these conferences and they bring these ideas home and they pump your kid full of poison. So at the very least, they're not vigilant.
0: That's going to be it today, guys. Join us tomorrow (laughs) on another fun episode of Daily (laughs) Kevfefe.
1: Thank you for watching. Like, share, subscribe. As a reminder, you can go to unsafepace.com and buy merch. And... Support us on Subscribestar and this Sunday, 1984. Don't forget to read it.